everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing this afternoon, Robert? Ali, doing great. Uh, thanks so much for having me on again. I look forward to seeing just how much of the NBA has been flipped upside down. It has, and I will, to the listeners, apologize beforehand. Uh, as you all know, I don't love the NBA during the regular season. I love all the news. I love all the headlines it generates. But save for a few marquee games, I'm more into college basketball. I've been watching a lot of college basketball since the Super Bowl. It's just one of my passions. I watched an MSU game last night. It was a very heartfelt game, obviously, after the shooting. But over the weekend, saw some great wins. Kansas, they covered against Baylor. We saw the upset last week. I called it on the show. Well, it wasn't really an upset on Vegas terms, but Tennessee did beat number one Alabama. So I have been watching my share of college basketball, and I will save all that for next week. We'll do college basketball, but we are doing the NBA. Robert, I'm going to let you start this because you are our friendly neighborhood bookie. (laughs) Ah. And let's start with the NBA Eastern Conference. So let's, let's talk about futures odds. What was the biggest change? I mean, I know what it is, but for the listeners, pre-trade deadline to post-deadline, what team's values went up the most or went down the most? Right. And so obviously, you know, the deadline, you know, came and went. And of course, we are we're we're now post all-star break. And so what we're taking a look at is just how much of an impact uh the the trading deadline in the NBA uh, affected the franchises that were either in the hunt, uh, thought they were in the hunt, or uh, never went, were in the hunt for at all. Uh, and so the one that jumps out the greatest right now, uh, clearly uh, the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix, which was trading right around 22, uh, I think we had them about 22 to 1 before the deadline deal that brought Kevin Durant over to uh, Arizona, um, that was the probably one of the more precipitous drops that we've seen. This is kind of into like, and this is kind of how it is, right? In the NBA, you're going to find yourself in a situation where, uh, yeah, one player, one one superstar can, uh, you know, topple a, a future pools pretty significantly. And in this case, they got cut 4X. Uh, so right now they are the second betting choice in most future pools, right around five to one. Uh, some places shorter, even at uh, four and a half to one. So that one uh, I find to be the largest drop right now. And one of the largest drops I've seen in in long, long time, just from a betting perspective, Ali. Yeah, no surprise there. Obviously, when you have a star power of Kevin Durant involved in either trade, it, it's going to make it's going to change the news. Let's let's stick with the Eastern Conference at the moment, Robert, because. You know, before the trade deadline, I really didn't consider the Nets a contender for the Eastern Conference Finals. I just think that there was, they let me down last year. Plus, I just think there's too many personalities on the team between Kyrie, Kevin Durant. Both are obviously gone now. But as I was saying, even before, I didn't think there was any team in the Eastern Conference that impressed me more than the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Boston Celtics, the reigning Eastern Conference Finals champions. Is there any other team that sticks out to you right now as of today in the Eastern Conference Finals that can challenge either of those two teams? Boston or Milwaukee? Right. Okay, I, I would probably... Uh, 
I'm looking at Cleveland. I, I just, I'm not quite sure. I like Cleveland too. I really do. Like ever since LeBron, when LeBron left him the first time, I still like Cleveland for some reason. And then after when LeBron left him, I, I liked Cleveland either the better. I loved what they did to Jonathan Mitchell. So I do want them to succeed. I just don't think they can compete in a seven game series with Milwaukee. Do you? No, no, no. And right. And so, it, it, you know, we'll touch on the, the West in just a little bit, but I I don't know if there's really anything that I can say that, you know, if, if we're looking at who's going to, you know, join either, you know, who are actually, who's going to knock out Milwaukee or Boston out of the Eastern Conference um, finals room. I'm um, really, really not looking at it. And obviously look, the, the, the biggest drop of all, you know, it, it should have been Brooklyn until, I mean, honestly, this is probably you know, one of the, you know, I guess in, in the, um, the era of the super team, this is probably the biggest super team bust in NBA history, Brooklyn. Uh, so now in, in the East alley, I don't think that we're going to see anyone that could challenge uh, Milwaukee or Boston in, in terms of who's going to be playing in the Eastern conference. Let's talk about the Sixers real quick, because there's always a lot of buzz around the Sixers. And then I always, from year to year, look at the Sixers as a team that just collapses when it comes to the postseason. Is there any reason to believe, given this team's makeup this season, that they can contend with the Boston or Milwaukee? Uh, right. So for, for Dark Horse, I'd probably say that if we're looking at the potential for uh, one maybe upset, it's probably going to be with Philadelphia, but it's Embiid and then Harden, right? Isn't that right. pretty much it? You have Tobias Harris, but I think he's as inconsistent as they come. P.J. Tucker always is going to be a good defensive threat. But, yeah, I just don't see them matching up with the scoring of Milwaukee or with just the consistency and just the even nature of the offense and defense. Uh, like there's no more team that's balanced in the Celtics. I don't see one thing with the Sixers that sticks out for me. Do you? No, uh, I, I don't. I don't. I, I really look and I'm, I'm all for parity as we just witnessed in, in the beauty that is, you know, the NFL, but I don't believe that the 76ers have really, any kind of so look, if you don't have firepower then you better have like breakneck like altering defense and then they don't have either of that so I, I don't think that they'll be able to challenge for the uh for the title in the east yeah and i think the Cavs are still a little too young a little too inexperienced although i think that they will make some noise when it comes to the postseason for sure then looking down on the line, Robert, you know, all these other teams that are going to be in the play in the Miami Heat, Atlanta Hawks, Washington Wizards, Toronto Raptors. I don't see a threat from any single one of them. But let's go back to the Nets real quick before we move on to the Western Conference. Is there any chance that this team is better now that they don't have Durant and Irving? Because we have seen teams that trade their superstars in the past. And suddenly they just seem to turn it around. I mean, look at even in the NFL, Christian McCaffrey leaves the Panthers and they go into playoff contention in that division, granted a sub 500 record, but they did play better. What do you think with the Nets? So, okay. I I think they're going to, we're going to see a fall from them. Uh, I obviously they don't have any chance to, to win the title. So let's forget about that. But there's, there's still going to be a playoff team. They've got some good pieces on the roster. Like you said, 
Uh, there's just so many talented, you know, three and D wings. Um, Bridges, uh, Finney Smith's pretty good, right? Um, Nick Claxton, um, I'm probably he's going to be there for a while now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's probably going to be it. I guess. So look, what's the, the you know? The, my my question is who's who's going to create shots? Like, right. like obviously, look, Kevin Durant did it unlike anyone we've ever seen, but I I just don't know where that's going to come from and um i don't know i don't i don't think dinwiddie's now now that he's gonna you know just basically be told go ahead take as many shots as you want i, I think that's probably gonna be uh, a big downfall for, for brooklyn i think they're gonna have to look to to rebuild um you know defer for another year i i, I don't think that there's going to be uh much uh, look playoffs yes but Ali I I think they're going to need a, a pretty good influence that's going to have to come in for the next season to you know to bring them back to the playoffs like right they're already pretty deep in so they'll qualify but I I don't know with this unit starting from you know fresh with a brand new season next year right. I, I don't think that they're playoff caliber even forget about championship but that, I don't think they'll be they'll even be playoff caliber Ali I look at this team as a tryout for next season. I don't think the Nets had any inkling that they were going to compete for the finals with how Kyrie was just being a drama queen, with how Durant's inavailability from all his injuries was acting. However, I do think that they looked at that and said, we're not going to compete. That's why we're going to trade both of them. And here's a show. All you guys play as hard as you can. And show us what you got because we're ready for next season. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that is. I'll buy that. All right. Well, let's move on to the Western Conference because I just feel like this is a lot more interesting contest when you look at who's going to be in from one to 10. I really don't like the plans. I know a lot of people do, but I'm not. The fact that it's it's basically more than half the conference makes the playoffs, I'm just not a fan of. But anyway, Robert, let's start with the Western Conference. You look at Memphis and you look at Denver, Denver obviously being at the top by a significant margin. They have a five-game lead on the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies. Is there any team that you see right now just looking down? And besides the Suns, let's let's exclude the Suns from this discussion for a moment. But is there any other team besides the Suns that you can see beating the Nuggets or the Grizzlies come conference finals time? <laughs> I do. Ooh, um, I'm ready for this one. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm going to be all alone here. Maybe everyone's going to listen in and laugh and poke fun at me on Twitter. But I, I can't help it. I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going all in. Clippers. I, really? I, uh, I really? I'm going to make like fun of you on Twitter here. now. <laughs> we just signed the cancer of the NBA. <laughs> That's all you need to say right there. Here's, I, I feel that Leonard and George, they're going to be healthy, right? And that, that pairing right there is going to be an absolute unstoppable force. So I, I think that they're, they're the ones that I want to circle the most in, in, in my Western Conference final, um, and I, I I do believe that they'll be there instead of either the Nuggets or the Grizzlies. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> okay, here's my thing about the Clippers. I'll go on my rant. And I am a huge Kawhi Leonard fan. I didn't yeah. like that he left 
the Toronto Raptors. I thought that was a great fit for him. I thought they could have had a great dynasty building there, but I get it. He's from LA. He wanted to go back to his hometown. Totally see that. Robert, this is another team. I just don't know if they stay healthy come the come the playoffs. We've seen Paul yeah. Paul George get injured year after year. Same Kawhi Leonard missed like an entire season. Is their injury something to be concerned about? Yeah, of course. It's it, it has been something to be concerned about for like four seasons in a row now, right? But I think look, here's what I feel is gonna be a little bit different, right? Pretty much, I think it was just last week I saw them two, the both of them were playing in a game and they were just I think it was against the Warriors, as a matter of fact, and they were just absolutely just they, they were unstoppable, right? And so after the all-star break, they essentially swapped, I uh, guess, what was it? Um well, who's gone? Plumley, Gordon, right. Highland, and they basically got, got like Luke Kennard, John Wall, and Reggie Jackson. So that's, I guess, that's like a slight upgrade, you know, and they they badly needed like a big man in the rotation. So I think Plumlee's going to have that spot filled out. I think Gordon's a better defender than Kennard. Yeah, I agree with that. Right. And then, you know, look, so it, it's... <laughs> watch we're gonna do this episode next week and we're, we're gonna hear like paul george is out for like three weeks and i'm like okay that was a disaster <laughs> <laughs> listen i understand there's also one thing that i'm not sold on and that's ty Lu. i didn't think that he should have received all the praise he did when he basically took over for david blot on the cavaliers and you had lebron james and a week easter conference yeah and you managed to get draymond green suspended for game six I don't I don't know if Ty Lu is that championship coach that I see if if the, that's a big thing if Kawhi and if George go down can can he lead this team if one of or both of his superstars are down hell no absolutely not that look easy if they've got versatility in it right now uh and they got better pieces around the two stars depending on the matchup but look if if there if one of those two are out, you know, the whole entire cake comes out of the oven and it just completely collapses. They we gotta have the both of them. And that's that's kind of what I'm banking on right now, just from a betting perspective and and the price, by the way, right? So if this is you know, it's a betting podcast, and you know, right now you can find the clippers probably 10 to 1, right? And I'm not gonna fault anyone for taking double digit odds to win the championship. Uh, but to be honest, look, if, if you're looking out West and you're looking for a participant, um, look, I, I think they've got a good shot. If they, you know, if, if both of them are in a series, say, against the Nuggets, right, and and both of them are healthy for a full seven games, I like the Clippers here. <laughs> let's, <my take. laughs> let's, let's bring up the elephant in the room, and that's the Phoenix Suns. We kind of talked, uh, I think it was last week after the deal went down, and shared our thoughts both you and I were were in agreement that while they might be the favorites neither of us see them going to the finals do you still share that same sentiment no I don't I mean look Durant's you know on any given night he's he's the best player in the league right we we know that and 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 that that that's something that he can show um I think he's going to have a really big revitalization and so now we're going to have to take a look and see how Devin Booker is going to take to now being you know NBA's best sidekick yeah uh, Paul yeah you know if we take a look at Paul you know he's 
he's obviously going to have less pressure to continuously, you know, produce constantly as a scorer. Um, you know, but is he going to be able to make plays and then do the spot up shooting that he's going to be required? I guess the big one here is, ha ha, uh, big one, DeAndre Ayton, right? So if if he's going to be able to adapt to what the game is now, obviously going to have to change with Durant there. Um, you know, if if he could go ahead and, and just be a punishing force down low and maybe just do a ton of pick and rolls, then they're going to win the Western Conference for fun, Allie. I just, I still don't see the Western Conference. Uh, Kevin Durant still hasn't even played with the team, Robert. There's, what, a month and a half to go until the playoffs? Yeah, 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 How yeah. do you form that chemistry in such a short period of time? And it's not like Kevin Durant's known for gelling with his teammates. You saw the disaster that happened in Brooklyn. James Harden pretty much begged his way out of there. Kyrie wanted out of there. And even before, when they were in OKC, him and Russell Westbrook butt heads. I know Russell Westbrook butt heads with everyone. But I don't see the chemistry before, like, coming. Do you? That's fair. You know, that is. That is fair. Um, and by the way, notice how I didn't even mention Russell Westbrook when we're talking about the Clippers. <laughs> I don't even care about him. He's he's, he's not part of the equation here. Yeah. Uh, much like he's not anywhere else. Anyway, he doesn't have a team yet. I think that, look, if we look at it just from a old school street ball mentality, right? Durant and which, by the way, I've seen Kevin Durant play at Rucker, right? So he 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 can easily pick up a ball and and play with anybody, and and it's just a matter of having everyone else, uh, you know, gel. So look, you got about what 22, 23 games, depending on what team you're looking at for the rest of the year. So it's a half dozen games. It's not a lot of time at all. Um, so you hope that in these last two dozen games that are remaining in the regular season that they don't necessarily win, right? You're in the playoffs. You're going to make it. And then you figure out what happens after that. If it's KD, CP3, and Devin Booker, Ali, come on. that's That's got championship written all over it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll do real quick. There's one more thing I want to bring up, then I'll get to this. I had I do a podcast, uh, Back Your Play podcast with Coast Rich Q. Everyone should tune into. I do that once a week. And Rich brought up a good point last time we talked. Is this the death of the big three that we know it? I mean, Robert, if you look at the last few champions, when and I'm not counting Golden State because winning last year because Curry, Thompson, Green, they all were drafted. They all grew up with, with going with Golden State. But is this have we seen the death of this trading for superstars and forming a big three? Is that idea done? What do you think? No, no, it's it's not. Um, the NBA has been the most progressive league anywhere in the U.S. in terms of um, the empowerment of the players, right? Uh, different from entitlement, which is a whole nother podcast conversation. But I yeah. believe that because they have been given such power, unlike any players association in, in pro sports here in the U.S., that the the big three or the the, the concept of the um, you know the, the you know the, the grouping of players to you know to go wherever they wish they want to go is here to stay, um, and I believe that. And it's you know a, you know you're not going to do it by yourself, that's for sure. Um, and and they can clearly orchestrate moves on their own, and this is what's been happening for the longest time. I don't think that. 
uh, an NBA franchise uh, is championship caliber without having this type of a format. I could be wrong, but I, I really feel that it's it's now a league where you get the the best three players and surround them by you know entry level salary players that are that are role players and uh, hope that one of your big three don't get hurt. Well, that that is the key. So I do. I I kind of disagree, and I agree with you both. It's I, it's not going to go away. There's still going to be superstars, maybe that have been in the league for a few years, that are going to try to team up with their friends. I mean, now we you have the one and done. These all these guys grew up playing ball, playing AAU together, and everything. But I don't know just how effective it's going to continue to be with all when you take into account salaries. And trying to make it work in this and that. Because like I said, the last few champions that you have, we we look at last year, we look at Golden State, all homegrown guys. You look at the year before with Milwaukee, you really just had Giannis. I don't put Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday up there as a big three. You had even, I'm not going to count the 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 Lakers when they won with Davis and James in the bubble. That was just a weird year. But then the year before that, you had Kawhi and the Raptors who didn't have a big three around him. Do you still think it's going to be effective though? No, no, it's it's an option, but I don't know if it's effective because you could have, you know, transcendental players like you mentioned. Um, Antetokounmpo's, he's he, he makes everyone else incredibly much much better. So that is an example of a an, an anti big three champion. Um, Denver, Denver is probably another example that you know could make noise and then just have. Jokic as the one man wrecking crew that just makes everyone else better around him. You know, then we talk more about MVPs in a bit, but you know, that that's, that's what happens when you have one true MVP candidate that can make everyone else around them incredibly far, far better. And, and, and can defeat a big three uh, based, you know, team, I guess. Yeah. Let's talk real quick before we get into the awards and who the favorites are the Mavericks. Kyrie and Luca, does it work? What do you think? Well, it's going to be fun to watch, right? That's for sure. Um, I, I I really want to see how they pair well, you know, in in a backcourt that's going to look literally like something out of a street ball game, uh, and and that's going to be fun to watch. But I don't think that they have uh, what's necessary to to make noise. And you know, and I forget about NBA uh, title aspirations. I, I don't know. Ali, if you know, they're they're both the best pair of shot creators in the league. Yeah. Right? Irving spot up is is perfect. You know, when when Doncic is you know cooking with the ball in his hands, the question is on the defensive end, right? So they're they're not going to be able to, you know, to to stop the offense. They'll they'll be able to hang, but I think ultimately it's it's the defensive force on the interior that they're lacking. Uh, that's going to, you know, cause them to falter in the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I did like the trade a lot when it went through. I right. thought that it definitely had potential. But, Robert, who else do they have around him? Because I don't see a team besides those two. No, no, you're right. Uh, it's, you know, it, it, they've, they've, they've it's, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, he's he's gone, right? So he's their you know, best wing stopper. Uh, and, you know, again, I don't think that they have anything else outside of it. So, look, they've got the talent clearly there. Um, you know, now maybe, I don't know, Josh Green maybe, you know, but he's just kind of starting to kind of scratch the surface, Allie. I Look, they've got 
you know, two incredibly talented players uh, that, you know, obviously are all-stars, but it's, it, to me, this just looks way more compostable than fun. Last one. I know I said this was the last one, but just made me think in terms <laughs> of value. Do the Warriors have any outside shot if Steph Curry comes back before the playoffs healthy? Yes, they do. Um, I would no, say but, that would be my dark horse. Yep, yeah, I, I I agree with you there. Um, I, I think that, you know, their their odds to win the title, you know, they they did they get a little bit better, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the question is, you know, will twenty three some odd games is that going to be enough time? Not only for for Curry to return, but uh, for uh, Gary Payton to come back. Um, and he's an incredible defensive stopper. Uh, the question is, is is he going to be able to come back in time and be productive, you know, for the playoffs? He, you know, you know, even obviously, look, he's he's a bit short, you know, for, for a wing defender, uh, but he could definitely still guard up because of his length, and he's just super intense. Uh, so it's Peyton that I believe improved the Warriors even more. So if you get back Curry and Peyton at the same time, yeah, they can make some noise too. For sure. All right. Well, let's move on to what everyone probably will be betting as well. And those are the awards. Robert, let's start with the MVP. Is there anyone that's going to win this award that's not named Nikola Djokic? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, look, it's he, – he really – you know – He's the definition of of most valuable player, more so than anyone left. And so, look, if you want to go and and take a price and 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 look at some others, you can. But there's, I don't believe that there's any value remaining, even in taking you know Doncic at you know sixteen, or even if you can get better than sixteen to one, or you know Joel Embiid, he's probably six or seven to one in some places. Uh, and Tatumpo, you know, where would the Bucks be without him? You know, you know, but I'm offering him at five to one, and you know, there's no interest at in that because uh, of just how incredible uh, Jokic has been all year for Denver. And then just imagine, you know, right. what his replacement would look like. You know, it would literally be a, a bottom dweller in the NBA. So uh, it's definitely Jokic. You're probably looking to lay um, two fifty to win a unit right now in most places uh, for him to win the MVP award at the end of the season. What about the defensive man of the year? Who's who's ahead in that? And what are some of the good value odds? Right. So, you know, here we're looking at players that have, you know, a real impact, you know, in, in almost if you take a look at it from a, you know, a different sport, like, the, you know, here's your shutdown cornerback that you just simply forget about that side of the field. Well, when you put, uh, you know, Jaron Jackson on anybody, you could pretty much forget about it. You know, the, this, and not only just from a, a man up position, but, you know, just in general, his, his ability to disrupt the game is so huge. And as a matter of fact, I think that his odds to win this award is is pretty much as strong and locked in as Jokic is to yeah. win the MVP. You know, you're probably looking at, uh, you know, maybe two to one for him to win this award. You know, other players that you could probably take a look at, uh, uh, Adebayo is, is one that you could probably find at six or maybe seven to one. Brooke Lopez, but I'm um, really not too interested so much, even though his price is similar. Maybe Nick Claxton. Um, but yeah, this this looks to be even more so uh, an award that's been wrapped up a long time ago, Ali. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see him obviously be the front runner and most likely win it. I was a big fan of him at Michigan State. So again, I love rooting for guys that are rooting for in college succeed in the NBA. 
What yes. about the six men of the year, Robert? What are we looking at? All right. So for, for this one, you know, this one's a little bit more liquid. And this is what I like about this one, because you're finding players that just are such an incredible impact off the bench and do so much with so little time that it becomes a little bit of a fun to take a look and see just who maybe might be, uh, you know, up for this award. So if we look at who are the contenders, uh, I've got uh, Malcolm Brogdon as the first option right now. And Brogdon's just been incredible. I think on the regular season, he's only getting a little over 25 minutes a game. And in that time, he's shooting 48 from the field, 45% from threes, uh, averaging almost 15 points a game and grabbing almost five rebounds and four assists. Uh, excellent player. You could probably look to lay about a dollar fifty to win a dollar there. Just behind him, and still at a very, very good shot. Norman Powell. Powell's been really, really great this year as well. Yes, coming off the bench, and I, think that, I mean, heck, if you just look at his last games, he's just been completely on fire this month. But for the regular season, again, only about twenty-five minutes a game. He's getting seventeen a game, shooting forty-eight percent from the field and forty-one percent from three. Uh, excellent, excellent performance in such a short amount of time. Uh, you're probably looking at two to one odds on Norman Powell right now. And then after that, it starts to spread out. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, probably another one that you might consider at four to one. And then there's, of course, uh, Russ Westbrook. But, you know, to, to me, I, I think it's going to be Brogdon or Powell. Uh, and if I had to choose, you know, I'm obviously taking odds. So I probably choose Norman Powell at two to one. Unless Westbrook comes out and re redoes his form that he was with his OK Sun Thunder days, I don't see how he wins that award. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Lakers pretty much drove him out of town, but who knows? Maybe he has a revival with the Clippers, so I won't rule that out. All right, finally, Robert, what about the Coach of the Year? Coach of the Year is is a great award, right? And I like to look at this one a little bit more than probably any other award. Um, and so. What I'm looking at is when you you look at the collection and it's it's far more than what the record of the team is, in my opinion. Right. And so you, you take a look at what they've done uh, this year. Uh, Joe Missoula came into the Celtics, obviously not you know, wasn't prepared to be the head coach this year. But, um, you know, he's here and he's obviously having an incredible incredible result with the the Boston Celtics. And right now he's currently the favorite um at about plus 175 to win uh you know the, this award um following up him uh, is mike brown who you know had some success he got canned and now he's back with the kings and then look the kings are having a fun little season uh and a lot of that happened yeah we didn't talk about the kings but that is oh. true i've always been a De'Aaron fox fan so it's it's good to see them you know what are they third right now in the western conference we totally overlooked them no we completely did and it's honestly I, I really do believe it's it's what mike brown did and he had to come in and take a look at a roster that had some questions uh and you know clearly no one really considered them as as an option you know for any kind of 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 a conference title, much less NBA title. But I think Mike Brown had himself a, a really good season, no matter what happens here in, in, in the last 25 some odd games. Uh, definitely a favorite to win coach of the year. Uh, one more that I'd like to mention, uh, and this one's actually my pick, uh, Michael Malone. Uh, forget about what he just said in Utah with the all-star game. That's a, another topic for another conversation. But look, this is, you know, obviously, you know, the, the son of, of Brendan Malone, uh, from uh, a little while back who was, you know, with the Knicks for a really, really long time, uh, got an awful lot 
probably from Pops. And I think that what he's done with Denver is far more than what Jokic can do, right? And it's and it's clear that what he did was have a defense-first mentality. Um, and he's done an awful lot of that. And it's honestly, you know, one of the reasons that Denver is even in discussion for uh, the NBA title, uh, you know, I, I really do believe that it's it's Mike Malone and what he's done. And heck, hey, he's he's one of my boys, right? He's from Astoria, Queens. Come on. There you go. I do think I, I am kind of agreement with you. I think what you do with the Celtics after the after the offseason, they had the controversy surrounding their former head coach. I do like him as the front runner, so I would probably lean there. But Malone is a good pick, too. I've always I've always very much respected uh, Malone and especially if Denver makes it to the Western Conference Finals, I think it's tough to overlook him, too. All right. Well, that is all the time we have for today. Robert, I want to thank you for joining. This was fun talking hoops, a little different from the NFL, but I know we got NFL free agency coming up, so there will be many episodes about that. Like I said, next week, we'll get into college basketball. March Madness is about a month away. I'm very excited. And before we sign off, Robert, any last thoughts or words? Oh, yeah, no, no. Obviously, look, there's there's just an infinite amount of of topics that we can cover i mean we we still haven't um you know even look we'll, we'll we'll hop back and forth with the nfl as as you know as we can don't worry about that you know listener at home or we'll definitely be touching back with the nfl you know on occasion uh you know i i still need to talk to ali and this is she doesn't even know this, but we still have to talk about the old uh, the tush push rule and what they're going to do with that. And oh, then we'll, we'll probably talk about whether or not uh, Daniel Jones is worth forty five million a year. You know, so we'll we'll cover all that as well. But yeah, look, it's it's right now we're just weeks away from the uh, college basketball tournament, and I, I definitely want to start looking at that really soon. I'm sure that we'll have. Uh, you know, some schools that you uh, probably didn't consider for this title. Yeah, it is wide open. And quick note on Daniel Jones, just because it has made headlines over the past week. I don't think he's really commanding $45 million. I think that the agency he dropped is trying to put some bad press out there and link stuff. I don't know. I don't buy it. What do you think, Robert? No, he's he's. There's, it's clearly, it, it must have been said in jest. There, there's no way that you know him or 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 his people said it's 45 million a year because look at at this point i've decided there's there's no way that he's in the the top half of players that are due that amount yes i i understand that this is the, you know typically what we're looking at for you know the the rate of pay for a quarterback but you got you got to draw the line somewhere and if it's 45 million um i'd rather spend that on Aaron Rodgers to be honest yeah, I again, I don't think that's the case. I think it's bad publicity from his former firm, who we probably dropped. They probably had some bad blood, knowing that they are going to miss out on a contract. I do think that a deal gets done with him. I'm looking at about three or four seasons. I think that the franchise tag will be placed on Saquon Barkley. What do you think about the franchise tag, Robert? Yeah, definitely a tag on Barkley, um, because I don't really think that there's uh, – really much more that we can do with him. Um, and I, I really would like to have him for at least one more season. I agree. Well, I know we said we weren't going to talk NFL, but when the job <laughs> come up, I have to do it. But Robert, I want to thank you for joining me. And everyone, see you next week. Take care. Yeah.